morning. We had a little uh, revival last weekend. Were you here? Yes. Right? We had a little, little PPC revival. It wasn't such a little PPC revival. And I agree with your words, Tim. I've never seen anything like that before. And it was quite refreshing. I, haven't, I know I haven't recovered from it yet, and let's hope I don't. I hope you don't recover from it. If you weren't here last week, we, had, we just had a regular church service, and it, it was just fabulous. And uh, it turned out to be a little dance-off at the end. And I'm here to dispel a rumor. The rumor is that that was set up. It was planned. That was not planned. We are Presbyterians. We do not plan dances in the sanctuary <laughs> on a Sunday morning. If it happens... The Holy Spirit of God did a mighty, mighty work in our midst. There is no doubt about that. And you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, if you saw the video, it doesn't take much to start a movement. Doesn't take much to start a movement. Just takes two or three, and then that tipping point, and then the world has changed for millenniums. I want to pick up on that this week because the folks last week that were sent out in pairs and 70 of them or 72 of them, they come back this week and they process this return with Christ. And it's kind of a strange text. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but before we do that, I want to pick up and show you another video that I've used in officer training before. I usually show the video we showed last week, and I like to show the video you're gonna see right now. This, let me set it for a moment. This is in Bruno, Nebraska. Anybody from Nebraska here? Really? Outstanding, okay. Bruno, Nebraska, it's called the Bruno, Nebraska Barn Move, and you need to get over how bad the video is, but this is a, a local television channel. Uh, reporting on the Bruno Barn move, and I'm going to ask you to just notice what you notice in a few minutes after you watch this. This thing blows me away, but I think it's also not just the fact that they were able to move a barn. We have to enter into the metaphor of it, and what does it mean to move the church from one location to another? Not literally, but metaphorically, take a look at this. This is the Bruno Barn move. It was Herman Ostrich's idea. His barn needed moving to higher ground anyway, and he thought this would be a grand way to celebrate Bruno Nebraska's centennial. Some had no doubt that with a hearty heave ho, the barn would go. Think you're strong enough to lift? Yes, I can lift 90 pounds. But others weren't so sure. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. To pull off a project like this, you need a lot of muscle and a little help from above. The Barney Museum was born in 1928. It's only by the Herman Buster family. So it looks like we're going to be about two years old. And uh, we're going to thank the Lord for the beautiful day that we are all hoping for. We hope that we can accomplish what we're set out to do here today. We hope to make some history. Now very slowly, very steadily comes forward, very slowly, very steadily, just beautiful, just 
Kind of cool, isn't it? Inspired by things like that. What did, what did you notice about that Bruno Barn move? We got cooperation. We got teamwork. We got lots of planning. We have community. Strength in community because there was planning. Cooperation. People listening. Very good. Yeah, there was a caller, right? Caller was telling them right, left, right, left, and that's how they moved. What else? Supporters. Yeah, now not everybody could lift. Not everybody was lifting, but there were a lot of people there. What were they doing? Cheerleading it on. Woo, 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 right? Now, if, and the reason they had to move the barn is because there was a river nearby and it was changing its topography and getting close to washing the barn away. So they needed to move the barn to higher ground. My goodness, does this sound like church in 2019, maybe? The topography, the culture is changing. The demographics change. Worldviews shift. Technology impacts. Preferences change within the generations. And in fact, literally, 
Different generations process information in their brain differently. And it's my honor and privilege to navigate all of this with you. (laughs) Sometimes when culture changes, you got to move the church. Now, I'm not talking about picking up the church and moving it a half a block away. I'm talking about how does the church stay relevant, relational, and bold when the river is rising. Now, all the things that we noticed about how they did that, let's talk about what that looks like in the church. And I'm going to start with a few that I remember. There was a lot of planning. There was cooperation and change. What else did you say? Oh, I need to hear. Community. Teamwork. Leadership. Listening. Wait, 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 wait. Listening. Not to what you want to hear, but what is actually being said. What else is important? Flexibility, yeah. And again, we said this also, right? Not everybody is going to actually be part of moving it, but everybody else will be a a cheerleader. A cheerleader. A cheerleader. I think some of this is what's happening in the text today. Let's read the text. Now again, these 70 were sent out. 72 were sent out. And we're going to pick up the text here because it's kind of of strange to figure out what's going on. And let me read the text for us. The 72 returned. Check this out. The 72 returned with joy and they said, Lord, we're pumped up. Even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority. This is kind of freaky. We don't talk like this that much anymore. But enter into the metaphor and the poetry of it. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Key phrase, nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit, says this to them. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he returned to his disciples and he said privately, Blessed are you, men and women. The eyes that you see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Okay, the reading. The reading of God's Word. Thanks be to God. Let's have a word of prayer. 
and we'll try to tether these things together in a way that may make sense for us as God is at work in the midst of this place. Loving and holy God, you are in charge of the church. The essence of the church never moves, but there are significant times, key moments, when you ask us to move, to go, to be sent, to be courageous, to be relevant, to be relational, to be bold. Perhaps no other time in the course of our lifetimes has a moment like this been on our doorstep. We lean into the text to find out from you what does it mean to be the realm of God, hands and feet of Christ, community of faith right here in Placentia and cities beyond. Working together, listening, cooperating, planning, cheerleading, being a team. Lead us to those great ends through your holy word, God, this day, in whose name we pray, amen. So the Bruno barn move is pretty simple. When the river rises, you've got to move the barn. <laughs> Maybe a message to the church is when the world changes, you have to move a little too. And I think the church can. I think this church can. I think we can fulfill a strange purpose when we lean into it with perhaps these two and three realities in the text. I think the first reality as I think about this text is uh, real simple. The church will have struggles. Church has struggled through the centuries. What does it mean to be relational? What does it mean to be relevant? What does it mean to be bold? How do we engage with culture in a way that honors Christ and upholds the dignity of all people? And sometimes we do it better than others, right? Let's be honest. And not only has the church struggled, I think Jesus struggles a little bit also. What's fascinating to me about this text is the 72 come back, and they're all excited about all the great things that they had done, right? They're holding up their trophies of accomplishments, right? Look at the, they, prob, they may have even written a written report. They may have written it down in a document to memorialize it for all time and held it up in the air to say, look God, look at all these amazing things that we've just done. And I, I think Jesus struggled a little bit with that. Did you catch the lines in there? It, he, he basically said, listen, it's not, a, it's not about that. It's about the Holy Spirit of God alive in your midst. The Holy Spirit of God alive in your midst that's doing these things. It's not what you do and then celebrate with your benchmarks. It's what the Holy Spirit of God is doing. Celebrating the Holy Spirit of God. It's powerful. So yeah, the church struggles. I think Jesus struggles. You know, the church struggles, obviously, right? What are some of the ways that, that the church, capital C, struggles? Give me a few. I missed it. Membership. Membership. Thank you. Membership. We're struggle. That. 
Acceptance. Relevance. Inclusion. These are good. Any others? Diversity. Diversity. Yeah. One of our elders in our officer retreat said, and I love the line, I've heard it before, but it still was great, demographics are your destiny. Should I have you look around? Yeah, we got struggles, right? But it's not going to bum us out. It's not going to tear us down. It's going to inspire us. Because it's what God is doing in our midst. I mean, if we can have a dance-off at the end of a service in a PCUSA church impromptu, man, this ain't your grandma's church no more. (laughs) Nervous laughter. (laughs) Yeah, the church will have struggles. We're going to have struggles. Not just this church, but the church. It's old news, new news. It's a good thing to remember. You know, how do you move a barn 100 feet uphill? That was probably a struggle at the beginning. Until it was done. And then it became a celebration. Thanks be to God. Right? So yeah, let's remember that we're going to have struggles. That's all part of it. There's no perfect church because if there is a perfect church... Please, Alfredo, don't go there because you might ruin it. Okay? Nothing personal. You're just my man right in the front row. Does that make sense? So, friends, the church, we're going to have struggles. But teamwork, communication, cheerleading, problem solving... It's not about throwing arrows at a guy. It's what are we going to do to propel the movement forward? Bringing last week into this week too. Second truth I think we need to lean into if we're going to fulfill this strange purpose of being the hands and feet of God in Jesus Christ wherever we go called the church, the community of God's faithful, is recognized, honestly, the church is led by the Spirit of God. The church is led by the Spirit of God. Can you say that with me? The church is led by the Spirit of God. Doesn't that feel nice? You know what else I notice when I say things like that? It takes a huge load off my shoulders. Does it take a load off of your shoulders? Because that's a pretty big load to carry. Craig, do you want to be the guy in charge of leading this church? No. no. <laughs> and, and you said that startlingly quick. Can we take a few moments and deconstruct that? And the answer is no. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> right? Why? The church is led by the Spirit of God. God's Spirit does these things. Are you going to argue and grumble and complain with the Spirit of God? Or are you going to organize and cooperate, right? And cheerlead, just like we saw in the Bruno Barn move. I love that video, even though it's kind of cheesy. It's hilarious. 
You got people from every age demographic. The one guy said he could lift 90 pounds. I'm not sure about that. (laughs) There was a day he could. But they moved it. Everybody showed up and they moved it. There were people on each side of the wall and they stepped in sync as the caller called and they moved the barn. Friends, you can move the church in a similar way with the Spirit of God. And those that can't participate can certainly be on the parking lot and they can be sipping their iced tea and and, uh, lemonades on the corner and just cheering it on. Cheering it on. Like it's the greatest thing they've ever seen. Because quite frankly, that is cool. So, there's this aspect of struggle. Shouldn't be new to us. There's this aspect that we are in fact led by the Spirit of God Because really, if you needed to have privilege and learning and intelligence and money in order to get into the realm of God, it'd simply be another elite organization that's run for the benefits of its members and the top people and the money with the, or the people with the most cash. But that's not how the church operates. That's not how the church is set up. And if it is, it's being torn down right now. Because the church is always led by the people of God. Carried by the Spirit of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right. Third truth we need to lean into. Third reality to fulfill God's strange purpose. uh, Is that when we struggle, and we will, when we rely on the Spirit of God, there will come a time when the barn is moved, the church has shifted, and there will be a time that we would call the new normal. And I think we're kind of in that moment right now. At this particular church, we've we've moved. We've struggled. We've replaced ourselves and repositioned ourselves. Now it's time to live into a new normal. And the new normal goes something like this. This won't be new to you. Loving all people to life in Jesus Christ. Relational, relevant, and bold. Your session uh, a couple of weeks ago came up with three ways to actualize that. And I'd like to introduce those three ways this morning and then flesh them out further as we go through the course of the year. What is our new normal when we love people to life in Christ, relational, relevant, and bold? We think there's three things involved with that. Three aspects, three strategies. Growing people, discipleship, discipleship, building the first floor scaffolding of discipleship, people coming to Christ, people being established in their faith, Surrendering to God in Christ as Lord and Savior. And then beginning to build a second floor scaffold to go deeper in that. To understand 
what justice looks like, what peace looks like, what mercy looks like, what forgiveness looks like, what compassion looks like, and what grace looks like in an increasingly complex cultural milieu. And as we grow people as disciples, secondly, we believe we want to plant seeds. We want to plant seeds. The seeds that send us out. Because eventually a disciple has to have had enough Bible in their brain to actually be able to go out and do something about it. Right? I mean, my hunch for a 107-year-old church is I could almost call a moratorium on Bible studies and say, we're not going to have a Bible study for a year. You've read it enough. Go do it now. You're sent out. Go do it for a year, and then in a year we're going to come back and we're going to read the Bible again because the experiences that you've just had are going to change the way you read that text. And the poor and the marginalized are going to be different in your mind because you actually entered into the life of a poor and a marginalized person. Not from a classroom, but in the boots on the ground. I don't know if I have enough guts to do that, but I'm really tempted. <laughs> so when we, have, we grow disciples, then we send people, because I said this last week, the health of a church is not in her seating capacity, it's in their sending capacity. This is not a fortress. This is just a, a celebration place, an equipping center, because the ministry's done out there. So we need to be sent. And the third aspect of our new normal will be to serve people. You know, we're blessed to be a blessing. Words like the common good, which is actually provenient grace, will become part of our DNA. We will seek the welfare of the city right where we live, wherever we live, for whomever lives next to us. The goal of the church is nothing less Nothing less than the prayer we pray every single Sunday that says, on earth as it is in heaven. It's really getting the up there down here. And we pray for it every week. Let's keep going to find out what up there, down here really means. Because it's changing quickly. Our culture is. And it's an amazing opportunity for the church to be engaged in a neighborhood and to be trusted for as long as it has in this place. Because if there's a church that's positioned to go out and do this well, it's us. But we can't do it unless we're all communicating and cooperating and cheerleading, and staying positive in, with, and through one another. The two teams that made it to the Super Bowl today, I guarantee you a number of things have happened. They've been all about the things that we've been talking about. They communicate, they cooperate. When someone falls down, they pick them up. Everything is extremely positive. There's no room for negativity. 
because they have one goal and one goal in mind only. And what is it? To win the Super Bowl. Really, the Super Bowl? Don't misunderstand me. I like it. But we're talking about the realm of God on earth today. We're talking about the realm of God on earth today. Does that get you excited? Gets me ridiculously excited. Because if these folks in Nebraska can move a barn, I'm looking at you right now, you can move a church if you let the Holy Spirit of God do it. And our motivation is pretty simple. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal. My friends, the lion can lay down with the lamb. But that sure is a strange purpose, don't you think? But that's still our charge. Let's do it well. God's still moving. The Spirit of God is still here. Will you go with us? That ain't going to win a Super Bowl this afternoon. I'm telling you right now, I've been in enough baseball locker rooms, hockey locker rooms. Are you going there with us? Yes. That might. We might, get a first, we might get a first down with that. Let's pray. Loving, holy, and faithful God, strong, challenging words. It is a strange purpose to use the foolish of the world to humble the proud. So we humbly ask what it means to be foolish. We humbly ask that we would be foolish. And in the places and in the people and in the areas of tradition and legacy where there's too much control by too few people, may we confess our pride and be humble again because God, it is all about the realm of God and nothing else. It's not about the money. It's not about the endowment. It's not about legacy. It's about the Holy Spirit of God in our midst. Holy Spirit, please, please rain down the truth of that into each person here and collectively bind us together and unify us as a common people on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so. In your strong name we pray. Amen.